people told me I couldn't do a lot of things. I feel like I'm the chosen one. Look at this. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. All we are is proud and passionate. I love Toronto. I love this team. And we're going to the Nothing matters but winning. Welcome back to episode 75 of Raps for Weekly. I'm your co-host, Gabriel Chelio, alongside... Adam Kasushi. And today we have a little bit to talk about. There's two games, obviously Oklahoma City Thunder game and the game that just happened, the Golden State Warriors game. Um, but we also have some other topics to discuss, including uh, Norman Powell. He released an article in the Players' Tribune, and uh, it's honestly fantastic to read. So I recommend everyone doing that. Before we get into that, as always, please like and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Rapsville for NBA news, Raptors content. As always, we hope you guys enjoy and leave your comments down below. Let us uh, know your opinions on some of these pieces. All right. So first, starting with the Norman Powell uh, Player Tribune uh, article. It's entitled The North. He wrote it March 31st. Uh, and honestly, reading it just the first time, I thought it was just very moving. Um, I respect Norm a lot for writing it. It was very touching and letting the fans, especially the Raptors organization, kind of know the inside uh, scoop, you know, his thoughts and emotions uh, before and after the trade and hearing some of his favorite memories. All of it was really touching. So shout out to Norm for that one. Uh, I'm going to go through like a little skim here of kind of the stuff that he talked about. So in, he kind of broke it down to different sections. And the first section, he talked about how it was kind of a shock that he was getting like that. he The move happened. Obviously, like the rest of us, there was no buildup on Twitter and all these other articles uh, score. Like his name was kind of very low key. And then it was very sudden when the trade happened. And, you know, Norm, like the rest of us, had an idea he could be moving because of the contract situation, how good he's playing. And even he recognized that the trade makes sense. We were dialed down the, the, the age a little bit and a cheaper contract. So he, he respected the decision. He understood it in terms of the business sense. But um, just like the rest of us, we he was very shocked. He didn't know for sure if it was going to be him. And um, a lot of people were asking when he was going to get traded. And all of a sudden, it was sudden. So I guess it's tough to see. Obviously, the player, it must be so hard for them. You know, him, Kyle, not knowing what what's going to happen you know we saw kyle in the open gym episode working out right adam in the gym trying to get his mind off things i'm assuming yeah yeah uh that's that was pretty special to see him working out and uh just right after the trade deadline and uh, i think it was almost like a de-stressor uh in, in that way uh just trying to get his minds and thoughts off of it and uh, probably all the stress that he was going through even though he kyle looked calm because it was his birthday uh the, the day of the trade deadline so uh, so he did look pretty calm, and uh, he didn't look too worried about anything. And I think he knew inside that the Raptors that the Raptors would keep him uh, because of of how much respect and uh, and and loyalty uh, the Raptors organization have seen from him, and uh, and I'm sure Masai has has seen that as well. So that's why. Yeah, even Norm did a little workout shooting the ball around after he got traded, you know, probably clearing his head. Um, the second part of this article kind of discusses how weird it was you know because we just first portland right after so he kind of stayed in tampa he had to stay around the team he didn't really want to see anybody before the game and he ended up seeing everybody and we saw an open gym you know him saying uh goodbye to know the td and then seeing fred seeing uh kyle seeing our assistant coaches and yeah. you know there was part where he cried in there and obviously very sad to see i, I was touched by it and uh, you just feel his pain you know he's been such a, a loyal 
Raptor, very dedicated to the team and worked his way up. You, you feel for the guy that he had to you know, say his goodbyes to some of his best friends who we just grew, like basically built up with. Yeah, it's 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 for sure tough uh, to see Norm go and, and, and to also see uh, Fred and Pascal kind of stay on the team. Uh, and all three of them were striving and really doing well this season. And then uh, just seeing him go, it's, it's kind of unfair. And I kind of feel his side of the story. And uh, and sometimes he he's been on the short end of the stick on a lot of times, and uh, and being on the bench uh, uh, for some time, and then really taking his opportunity uh, recently, and really putting on good performances, and really uh, inserting himself into the starting lineup. Uh, and yeah, it's just a tough situation for Norm, and uh, I really feel for him. And uh, but I'm sure he will do good in Portland. He's a guy that that just fights through everything, and uh, and will do his best in this current situation. Yeah, he said it himself in this uh, piece that he one of the toughest things from him was knowing what could have been because he really felt like him plus Pascal, OG, and Fred, that core of guys could have been the future in the next great Raptors team, as he said. And that is something very impactful to us Raptors fans, just thinking about that uh, and the future of this franchise. So that was tough. And even Kyle, when Kyle talked to him, Kyle said, a key quote here that that Norm that Norm took very seriously. You will always be a part of this history. You know the Raptors championship, the run that they've made, transitioning to all of the ups and downs that they've gone through, making the playoffs. Um, you know, playing great in his rookie year in, in the playoffs, and now the story that he's gone on afterwards as the team declines, trying to step up and find his new role for the team, becoming an incredible scorer. I think that's a very powerful quote that Norm reflects on even at the end of this piece, just knowing that's something that comforts him, knowing that when Raptors fans like us talk about, you know, that championship year, and we talk about all these other times we had, we get to mention Norm's name, and he didn't, he it was very... Honestly, it was fantastic. He didn't want to take too much of the attention away. Like he, he focused, say, I want you guys to talk about Fred and Pascal and Kyle and Damar and Kawhi and OG. He kind of wanted everyone's name to be mentioned. He just wanted a little something at the end. And I thought that was, you know, very telling of Norm's personality. I was shocked that he said something like that. And of course, Norm will be someone that will be remembered in this franchise for, you know, the fantastic career he's had here and just the growth that we've seen from him. It's something unforgettable. Yeah, you can tell you can tell it's from the heart, and he, and he really meant it. Uh, you could just see in in the paragraphs how he expressed his emotion and his feelings, and uh, and obviously with the video um, that kind of doubles down uh, really and shedding a tear uh, with with Jamma Mahalela, uh, his first ever coach, and uh, kind of bringing him up from the G League and then coming to Toronto and then saying goodbyes obviously to his close friends uh, with Fred, Kyle, uh, OG. And I think that was the hardest part for him, uh, not being able to play with those guys and just hang out with them every day. And it's obviously a new change of, of lifestyle, obviously moving there and uh, having to get to know those teammates. And uh, But I think he will he will do well under the guidance of C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard, and they will kind of guide him into his role on that team. But, yeah, it's it's for sure sad to see him go, man. Yeah. See, the rest of the article he kind of took to thanking uh, you know, players, people in his life, um, and the players that have played with, you know, Demar. He gave a huge shout out to, um, you know, the guidance that he had uh, throughout his career, being a veteran for him. Same thing for Kyle, being that veteran big brother. Um, Fred as well, you know, being his really close friend, and uh, the stuff that Fred talked to him about, 
uh, as they were seeing each other post trade deadline. And uh, he thanked Masai, Nick Nurse, the ownership, uh, pretty much that whole cast there. So he did his, and Dwayne Casey as well, he did his rounds thanking everybody. And then he got into some really cool memories. Um, you know, the time that DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry took him and DeLon Wright shopping and let them buy whatever they want. Something like that was something he remembered when he was a rookie, didn't have the money to pay for his own stuff. Obviously very generous from our veterans there. Some stuff like that. It's just cool to see him reflect on some simple stories and nothing, you know, basketball related, kind of off the court, having a brotherhood with these players. Uh, it's just fantastic to see. And I know that I think Kyle and Damar, you know, they'll always be veterans and big brothers to Norm. And I think he'll continue to see love from both of them, you know, till he, till they retire pretty much. Yeah, they were, they're always big brothers in his development. And uh, I'm sure they, they they really helped his game just, just grow from uh, when Norm kind of came in. He was more of a slasher and, and that three-point shot wasn't really existent. Uh, there was no uh, pull-ups. There was no, uh, it was just really straight driving to the rim and finishing. His game was very raw, very basic. And then as the years went on, kind of playing with guys like, like Damar, Kyle, Fred, uh, Siakam, like he learns different things. With Fred, he can maybe talk to him about shooting, just different guys adding elements to his game and really talking to him about it. And that's where he kind of got his growth. And I thought, and also, I don't want to discredit him for working hard himself. I'm sure he's a gym rat. Norm always seems to be putting in the works in the summer runs uh, in L.A., and obviously going to the famous Kobe Bryant's uh, uh, summer, summer camp there. And, uh, yeah, I think he's he's done his part, and uh, wish him the best. Yep, he understood the grind, simple as that. Uh, yeah, he also thanked Drake. I thought that was funny. Uh, and then the end of the article, he kind of touches just upon, um, you know, coming to Toronto when it was uh, draft workouts, the vibe of the city. Um, he just felt mesmerized seeing all the big screens and felt like this was his place to be, felt like it was meant to be that he came here and obviously he did and he thanks us for giving him a chance 22 year old kid to figure out who he was who he could grow into um and he thought that this was just fantastic you know playing basketball in a new city a new country just a fresh start creating a new friends and a new family uh, yeah i think it was just a very touching piece i recommend everyone reads it um and obviously once again, shout out Norman Powell. Thank you for all the time that you spent here as a Raptor. Thank you for all the hard years, um, you know, dedicating your your life to this team, working hard, grinding for us, um, working your way up, being a phenomenal scorer this year, helping us in our championship, just providing many memories as a Raptor fan, all those highlight dunks. Uh, it's just been very special having you, and, you know, we're going to miss Norm a lot. Yes, sir. Never caused any problems, always accepted his role. And worked his way up. He did it the right way. And that's the norm way. Yep. So now moving on. Uh, I kind of want to speak about uh, Lowry's reoccurring injuries of late. Uh, we've we've seen uh, him right now with the, with the toe infection. Uh, we've seen issues in the past with his back. And uh, reoccurring injuries with his thumb as well. Gabe, what's your opinion on these things happening over and over again? Yeah, It's really tough to see. Because, you know, there's there's been a bunch of games he's missed this season and obviously seasons past he's had these injuries whether it be the thumb or the back and uh, you know part of it is his age he has to take a lot of games off but there's other players that you know they try putting in the work and stay in as much as possible it's just it sucks losing him for so many of these games uh, I feel like you know this season has been the best so there's not much to say about it 
but it, it, it kind of shows, these injuries show that his age, you know, it does play a toll on his performance and his ability, you know, to play game in and game out. It's, it's just something to consider, I guess, when thinking about that, that trade block that just happened. If, you know, keeping Kyle is, was possibly the best move for the franchise, you know, in terms of business wise, it's just something to think about. Obviously, we hope he gets better soon and, uh, it all depends the season, what we're trying to do, really. If we're trying to fight our way back to the playoffs here, if we're trying to tank down and get a good pick, I guess that will determine a little bit of if we see Kyle or not. It's just uh, tough seeing him get so uh, injury-prone this late into his career where there's not much time left. Yeah, I, I truly think uh, the issue here is is rhythm and how it affects his game, uh, just personally, and how it affects the team. Uh, being such a big ro- a big role in the team... Um, and, ha- and kind of having to be the floor general every night, or you can kind of split it with Fred. Fred has really adapted to that role and kind of kind of split it with Kyle. Uh, but yeah, it's th- these injuries are, are really hurting the team, and uh, and it's nothing he can do. I mean, he's doing his best to obviously recover and stay in it. It's just I think that was that was something that Masai needed to kind of look at uh, in in the trade deadline and kind of saying that Kyle is. Uh, injury prone over his career and uh, and that kind of needed to be looked at I think okay so now I wanted to talk about Gary Trent Jr. and his growth and potential on this Raptor team and where we see him in the future uh, he had a couple great performances obviously uh, the one tonight uh, before recording this podcast uh, the Golden State game and then before getting his career high uh, 31 points in the in the Oklahoma City Thunder game so uh, we have seen uh Growth. We have, we have seen growth from him, and uh, like I said before, I'm not looking looking uh, to see him kind of fill that that norm role that Norm was was kind of producing, uh, 20 plus points a game every night uh, consistently. And uh, but he has been doing his part. I, I'm I'm really excited to see this guy grow, and I really like his personality, uh, trying to gel with teammates. And I, I see he's kind of building a bond with OG. I've seen kind of a, a cuts uh, either. Between commercial breaks or whatever, I've seen him talking to OG a lot, and I think that's kind of his his new friend or his best friend on the team. And uh, yeah, I feel like we we've seen OG kind of come out of his shell uh, when talking to Trent and kind of hearing Trent explain the stories to the media on what on what they've been talking about and stuff. And I think it's a great scene for both guys. Yeah, I think clearly you know filling a little bit of the gap that Norm left, you know, being friends with OG, and then we also saw Trent talk about how. He was surprised who, uh, like, OG's character. He thought of him more as a Kawhi figure, more silent, you know, on and off the court. But he soon realized that him and OG shared, I guess, a bunch of interests. And he thought he was very fascinating. And I guess that's part of the reason they've been friends. Like like you said, Adam, we've seen some clips, you know, on the Raptors' Instagram and stuff. Or in-game, they seem to always be smiling yeah. at each other and talking and stuff. And in terms of Gary Trent's play, I think that it's been fantastic to see the growth because, you know, coming in first two games with us, uh, we got a little weary. We, you know, we were really on um, being sad that Norm left and thinking that this trade might have been a, a really bad trade because Trent wasn't doing, you know, what he was known for. We, he's known to be a great three-point shooter, but he was like one for 10 in his first uh, two games and three-point shooting in both games, you know, shot bad, four for 11, two for 10. He picked up like eight and six points. And then I think this Kyle opportunity, having Kyle be out, it it reminds me a little bit of like how the COVID break, you know, losing Fred, Siakam, and OG allowed Norm to just turn into Michael Jordan in terms of scoring. It's like giving that opportunity to take more shots. 
Um, I guess Trent starting, Kyle out, playing a lot more minutes. We saw, you know, his shot attempts were able to uh, go up a little bit, you know, 15 against Detroit, 22 against OKC, and then 14 against Golden State compared to the previous, you know, uh, uh, 11 and 10. And, you know, his career high night, able to shoot 22 shots, it, like he's really going for it. And his three ball percentage, you know, went up dramatically, dramatically, uh, six for 11 in his career high game and then six for nine last game. Like he's been shooting a lot more and he's been shooting them a lot better, making a lot more threes, what we actually need from him. And just seeing his career high this soon with us is just fantastic. You know, had the previous career high of 30, now 31. And he was able to get it as a Raptor so soon. I think I think that's just fantastic. Uh, shows that there's a lot of upside to this kid in terms of scoring the basketball, especially being a three-point shooter. So I, I like what I see so far from Trent, and I think he's going to have a lot of development. Yeah, I've been very surprised also on the other end of the floor with defense. Um, I didn't think he was the best defender. Uh, coming in, uh, but as I'm watching him, I'm really seeing uh, he's, he's very good and uh, very good at anticipating. Really, really good at understanding what the what the opposition is trying to do. Get, gets his hands on a lot of balls, uh, lots of steals, and uh, yeah, I feel his, his defensive game is is great for us. Having a little bit of a bigger guard uh, with Kyle and Fred, and then playing him at that small forward position, which he can't play at, right? So. I, I totally think uh, that was a, a great acquisition. And, uh, yeah, seeing Gary Trent just come come into himself in these last two games ha- has been great. I mean, I think he kind of understands. Uh, I think I, maybe I would say knowing more knowledge about the team, kind of looking at it uh, from a different perspective, that we need some, some more scoring in this yep. team. With, with Norm kind of leaving, we need that sc- that scoring punch, and he needs to be that guy. So I think he kind of realized that, he could be putting up more shots, which which the Raptors are totally fine with, and, and and him be scoring. So I totally think that was a that was a great call and uh, and good for him for being more aggressive in the games. Yeah, it's also about you know familiarity with the teams. You know he hasn't been uh, the first two games really. Like how much could he have possibly learned about the sets and stuff and getting involved? Yeah. Uh, it, you know some players are naturally gifted. You know Norm had pretty good opening. For Portland, got his shots, was able to take uh, some plays on his own. Um, but Trent, we kind of used him off ball a lot at the start, you know, with Kylan as well. So we didn't see too many touches, and to get his looks was a little bit harder. Now I feel like there's a little more comfortability, him getting his open shots, the ball movement's been good, um, you know, setting up plays for him to wrap and stuff, to be like a, a great shooter, like someone that we really need to play that role. I think it's just been he's getting more involved in the team because he kind of knows the plays a little bit more, maybe nurse and stuff for helping set up more actions for him. I just feel like he's had more of an opportunity now and he seems to be playing a lot more confidently and a lot more like the Trent I expected. And like you said about the defense as well, I think it has been fantastic. Um, you know, his presence there seems to be very strong. Uh, his ability to stay with defenders, I think stealing the ball has been fantastic. He's got active hands and it's added to a little bit of our defensive prowl with him and OG. On the wings. So moving on to our next topic, I want to discuss a little bit about uh, the Raptors finishing March uh, with a franchise worst record of one and thirteen. Uh, we already kind of talked about the negatives in previous podcasts and the rebounding and the bench scoring. And uh, Gabe, I want to ask you a question. Uh, in April, what do the Raptors have to do differently uh, to obviously obtain a better record and really try to make a push for this playoff spot, which they don't have much time to get here? Yeah. Well, clearly we poke point at all the negatives and that kind of draws some type of idea of how to get there so you know rebounding has been a huge problem for us we know that game in and game out and you can try your best to fix it by you know just boxing and 
everyone getting their man and stuff. Um, but th- that, that's hard. It's hard to do, honestly, with undersized team. The rebounding can be tough. You have to just, you know, stay on your man and try your best to not allow second chance points. Um, but the first part of that is, you know, the keyword second chance. You got to make sure that the first guy misses the shot. And I think that one of the other big problems for us has just been defending the three ball, um, you know, the, the double team of those actions that we talk about, the zone. We're letting out so many good looks for other teams. When we seriously dial in, which we've kind of seen in the past, you know, two games, although we lost OKC, we've kind of seen a good defensive ability from our team, intercepting passes, playing aggressive, you know, rotating well, and then having, you know, active hands in Fred, who's been fantastic, OG, who stepped up. Now Trent playing solid defense. If you have Boucher blocking, uh, everyone's kind of doing their part now. And I feel like the added emphasis on defense has shown a little bit of a different team. Even though we've still come away with some losses, they've been close. And I've noticed better defensive efforts. So I think that once the defense fully locks in um, in April and we do a good job at you know stopping that those three balls that are deadly, I think the offense will come in that transition game that we can play really good at. So I think that's one of the biggest keys. Yeah, I totally agree, Gabe. I think it's just embracing Raptors basketball and what we do best uh, to really obtain a positive record. And I think uh, I think we just got to do it. We got to just uh, produce it on the court. And uh, enough talking is uh, we can talk what we want here, but uh, but they just got to produce it on the court. So moving on to our next topic, it kind of plays hand in hand here. Uh, with 23 games remaining, what record do you think the Raptors need to make the playoffs? They currently sit at 19 and 30. So really having a close gap here and kind of uh, being pushed to the limit, down to the wire, what do the Raptors got to do in these last 23 games to make it? Yeah, so I think maybe we were like four or five games back, something like that, maybe five games. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Uh, apparently, we have one of the tougher schedules in this season. If we really wanted to make it, I think we need a spectacular record, in my opinion. Um, you know, we're chasing Boston at the eighth seed. I think Boston's got a strong team. I totally agree uh, with all the with all the teams, the Hawks pushing. Everyone's kind of jumbled in there, and and the West it's more kind of spread out, and and we've noticed that. And uh, I think a lot of the better teams, uh, to be honest, are in the West uh, outside of the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, yeah, I really kind of see the East kind of being kind of open. Uh, really to making it to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, along with uh, another team in the Brooklyn Nets. So that kind of spot I really feel is open to whoever takes it. And who knows, if we really put a string uh, string of games together here, we can really end up to be in that spot. Somehow we, we get through rounds. Like it happens in sports. It happens all the time. A team gets hot in a certain in a certain amount of time or whatever at the right time. You go in and you start winning series. And uh, I think that the Raptors totally have a, a team that I think can compete. I don't know about win a series right now, but totally can compete in series and anything can happen in the playoffs. I think interesting about this season is that I'm pretty sure there's a play-in tournament that's going to happen. And I believe it's between the 7th and 10th seed, I think. So there's a possibility there. You know, maybe the goal is, you know, not to get 8th seed because the odds of that don't look good. The goal is, can we at least just get to that 10th spot? We're, Mm -hmm. We're like one game back from the Bulls. So if we get that 10 spot, now we're in a tournament. Now it's playoff mentality. It's a different ball game than just regular season. It's do or die. So then from there, it's going to be a lot of basketball games to them then be in the playoffs, but you can get there off of a tournament. So I think that's the best bet is you got to try getting that 10 seed and then you guys got to play, 
you know, every game like it's game seven because you need to make that play in tournament. You got to get through the, the all the different contenders. Yeah, and I think we totally have an advantage. Uh, a lot of the, the younger teams like Atlanta, uh, Indiana, a lot of these teams uh, haven't had too much playoff success, uh, even the Knicks as well. So uh, a lot of these teams are, are way, way younger. So I think uh, guys like Kyle, uh, Fred, Siakam, who've, who's kind of been through it all and now releasing Norm, uh, but I think we have a lot of veterans on, on the roster that can really help us if we get to that 10th seed. I think that's really the goal, Gabe, just to give us a chance and making it, and then seeing how we do in the playoffs. And uh, I totally think uh, the Raptors fan base would be just even happy to just get into that playoff round, give us give us some sort of excitement, uh, because if we're not going to tank, which is totally uh, not Raptor-like, and uh, always trying to compete and, and, and get the best result, I think that's the best option. Yeah. So for that play-in tournament, if we end up in 10th, then we have to verse the ninth place team. And then if we win that, now we have to verse the loser of the 7th, 8th, seed games and then whoever wins that becomes the actual eighth seed so it's a little complicated and we'd have to basically take down two two opponents you know higher than us obviously to get to that eighth seed spot but you know still a possibility very interesting that they chose to do this route this year i guess because of the covid stuff they wanted to try making a little more i guess interesting or fair but maybe that could work in our favor so i'll take it let's see if the raptors can get there now all right so now Talk about the two games quickly. We got OKC versus the Raptors, losing this one 113-103. Um, pretty solid game. First half, we were doing very well. We were winning 67-59. Third quarter, bit of a collapse. Didn't didn't score the most. We got outscored 28-22. Not the best. But the problem was the fourth quarter, we really collapsed. We lost it 26-14. And obviously, you know, by the point margin there, that's win and lose the game. That's the difference. We only lost this game by 10 points. We lost that quarter by 12 points. So that's where the part of the game goes. It's losing that quarter. Um, we've kind of noticed this trend, right, Adam? The second half, we saw it on when we were watching the game today. The second half of our games, the past 10 games, have been extremely worse production-wise, scoring yeah. the ball, um, you know, defense rebounding. The second half has been a collapse. Why has that been? I totally think it's because of COVID-related reasons. Uh, obviously, with OG, Fred, and Siakam, obviously, obviously having that that two-week quarantine and being away from the team, uh, I totally think that it's fatigue in that second half that really gets to them and and really hinders their performance. Yeah, and it's I think it's that that basic reason right there. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen too much other than the the COVID explanation to why they wouldn't perform as well second half. Uh, but yeah, yeah, okay, I agree. Um, let's look at the stats here. Baines played 21 minutes, zero points, two boards, Adam. One assist, 0 for 3 shooting. Productivity. It's been very weak for our, our, our big man, Aaron Baines. Um, Fred Van Vliet, on the other hand, he put up quite the stat sheet. 18 points, four boards, seven assists, five steals, and four blocks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Defensive wow. player of the year. He has to be in that race. He has to. It's, yeah, like, you, you can't just say it because because of his size or anything, his defensive IQ and and how quick his hands are on getting to that ball. Uh, and a, a lot of a lot of them, even though the blocks, he, Fred was saying that they should they should be steals. A lot of them are are, are ripped are ripped through the the player's hand, and he really and uh, and yeah, I think the NBA uh, marks them down as blocks and really counts them on the statistics as that. 
which they should be steals because you're really just stealing the ball away from them. You're not really actually blocking the shot. So Fred was kind of complaining about that and saying that his steal count should be higher. But yeah. So that game, if we count all the blocks and steals, we got nine steals in a game. Pretty spectacular, almost hitting the record. Uh, defensive animal this game. Um, shooting the ball five for 17 was a little tough. Uh, Trent, we talked about career high, 31 points, two boards, 12 for 22 shooting, six for 11 from three, and two steals as well. The defensive presence, we talked about him already. Obviously, fantastic game from him, career high. And OGN and Obi, 20 points, 11 boards, seven for 18 shooting, three steals and a block. Another fantastic, well-rounded performance from OGN and Obi. Been shooting the ball, um, well confidently i guess with kyle out norm gone he's really increased his touches been more aggressive i think you know going for back downs getting a rebound and then trying to go the length of the floor like pascal does yeah he's been doing really good yeah i really wanted to talk about his balance uh when finishing at the rim i noticed he's more patient usually when he used to drive before he used to come in with a lot of speed and then just throw up a wild layup and miss but now I'm noticing he's he's pump faking a lot more, waiting for the defender to jump. And if they don't jump, him just using his strength uh, with his body, obviously, to to really hit the defender, bump them, and then finish finish with the layup. So I think he's doing a great job of that, and uh, it's really helped the team uh, just put up points in general and uh, kind of contribute to to the scoring distribution of the team. Uh, Siakam didn't have the best game. He had 14 points, seven boards, four assists, shot two for nine. Uh, picked up a steal, two turnovers in the night. Nothing spectacular from him. Uh, Boucher, 10 points, 19 minutes of play. Four boards, three assists, and two blocks. Uh, pretty decent coming off the bench. Malachi Flynn got 19 minutes, only put up two points, two assists, two steals though. Um, he didn't play the best this game. You know, he got a lot, he's getting a lot of minutes now. We, I'm hoping to see more production. The next game, we did see a little bit more. Stanley, 18 minutes. He had eight, eight points. Five boards and assist, four for five shooting. I thought that was solid, and uh, no one really, no one else had that too many minutes or contributions point wise. So this game, I don't know, fell short. I think we just fell short. And the disappointing part is that we versed a very young roster because they had a lot of their players out due to injury. Horford out, Gilgis Alexander out, Dort gone, Baisley gone. Um, Adam, what was the age starting lineup? The average age? Twenty point six, surprisingly. Yep. 20.6, very close to our current ages. So these, they're, they're kids, man. Um, a lot of their team, a lot of their star players injured. Very embarrassing to lose this one. Moses Brown, the kid's been on an absolute tear. 20 points, 12 boards, 6 for 10 shooting and a block. Impossible to guard him on the glass. He's been, he was a, he was, you know, grabbing everything. Putbacks, post hooks, fantastic. Um, they had a couple other solid players as well. Svi at 22 points. Nine boards, nine for 14 shooting, two blocks. Uh, Roby, Isaiah Roby, 17 points, 10 boards, seven for 12 shooting. They had a couple other pieces as well, but those are the main contributors. Just a disappointing loss for our team. But the funny thing is, is that after that disappointing loss um, to a very young team, we somehow come out the next game today and win it by 53 points. 53. We won 130 to 77. Yeah, that is a statement win, and I think that was that was kind of the fire in the belly for a long, long time. I think everyone needed this, all Raptor fans, the players, the coaches. I think everyone, it was really a sigh of relief tonight to kind of see, okay, th- this team isn't really that bad. They're when they when they do play and when they are on, 
and they are are really in, intense when they play, and they really they really play as a team and and really play for each other. They can be good. They can be a really good team. And we've we seen that tonight, obviously, with a 53-point win, firing on all cylinders, offensively playing well, defensively playing well. It all came together. Yeah, largest a point differential in franchise history. At one point, we were push, We had a 60-point lead. I thought maybe we could do the NBA record. I think it was of 68, but we got the franchise record. Um, let's not overshoot it, right? It is Golden State. Um, no Curry, no Draymond, no Clay. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is that... This is what I expected against OKC as well. It's the same game, missing a lot of star players, young team. I was just hoping OKC had this type of result, a blowout win. So um, it was a sigh of relief to see that, okay, maybe we had a bad night against OKC. We can do it. We can still blow out these teams that are very low, and we did. Look look at these court, first quarter, 27-26. It's a close game. All of a sudden, the second quarter, we outscored them 35-16. to the third quarter, 46 to 14, and then the fourth quarter was about tied. So those two quarters meant that huge difference. It, it meant a lot. Um, obviously, no Kyle again, but the talk of the night was Siakam was very aggressive this game, knowing that no one on that floor could really guard him in the post. He had 36 points, seven boards, five assists, two steals, 14 for 24 shooting. OG as well, very aggressive, 21 points. Three boards, two assists, eight for 12 shooting, two steals and a block. Exact same game as last game, shooting the ball well, being aggressive, and, you know, helping out all over the floor. And then Trent, another great game, 24 points, five boards, eight for 14 shooting. Once again, six three balls on the night, shooting very well, six for nine from three. He also had a steal and two blocks. Those three guys put up great performances for the past two games. Uh, Fred, he only played 18 minutes, ended up getting a little injured on the night, uh, didn't do too much of the work there because he knew that Siak emoji were just feasting, and Trent was also shooting great. He had other guys playing well. He didn't have to do too much work. Um, those are the main contributors. Uh, no one else did anything too spectacular, but one guy that we do want to talk about is yeah. Malachi Flint. Uh, 30 minutes on the night, uh, 16 points, 5 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, 7 for 12 shooting. Uh, one three ball. Adam, what are your thoughts on it? If we can get anything close to this on, on consistently on a regular basis, I'm totally happy with, with this from Malachi Flynn. He really seemed aggressive. He seemed like not timid at all when, when coming around the pick and roll, either shooting or making a pass. Mm-hmm. He was really looking to break down the defense and not just make just a, a regular pass to the side or, or not a play that, w- that would affect the game. I really felt that, that he wanted to make an impact this game. He was, he was taking in at bigger defenders, really using his body. I think he's, he's taking some stuff from Fred Van Vliet, really using his body on the inside and how to score on the inside, especially against bigger defenders. Cause I noticed sometimes guards, even myself sometimes in real life, um, it's harder to score on bigger defenders and then you're kind of hesitating to go inside in the paint. But he did that well this game. His playmaking was great and his defense was on point, really lock, locking up. Uh, he was on, uh, Nico Mannion uh, for a lot of the game, and I thought he did well on him just defending in general. Yeah, he had a great performance. We need to see this, you know, a lot more. His aggressiveness, you know, finding open spots to get to the rack, floaters, the, that pick and roll game. This is what we expected him coming into this season. And if he plays like this, we can count on him to be a part of that bench unit scoring the ball. It will mean a lot to this team. Um, you know, other guys I, I should mention as well, Boucher, 10.6 boards in 25 minutes, put up four steals, two blocks, a very solid defensive night from him. Uh, Baines, we saw him do 
5.7 boards, kind of did his part there, steal two blocks in the night. We haven't seen too often from Baines. Uh, Bembry got himself involved, 5-4-2. and two. Watanabe, six points, eight boards in 13 minutes. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I think just it was a huge effort, fantastic win, great feeling to be winning and to win by this margin. We needed this. Yeah, I truly, uh, truly agree. And before you get to the Golden State players, Gabe, I just wanted to mention Chris Boucher. I thought he did a great job on on uh, Wiseman this game. Another younger player, yeah. obviously coming out of the out of the rookie draft. And yeah, I thought he did great, just not jumping at a at a lot of uh, Wiseman's moves, a lot of fakes Wiseman did, and and Boucher kind of stayed on his feet. And I was impressed. I really thought he's evolving uh, in that, and I want to see him do it more consistently. Uh, we know he's obviously a great uh, three-point blocker, and he can contest a lot of shots. And uh, yeah, and, and he needs to, needs to use that to to uh, his advantage because I totally think uh, having that length uh, it needs to be used properly, and uh, it, it can be used really effectively without fouling. And uh, Chris Boucher is really coming into his own and and really uh, playing great defense for this team. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well in the game. Wiseman tried to back down quite a bit on Boucher and I noticed that Boucher locked him up every time every time he tried going for a back down a spin move Boucher stayed right there stayed calm and composed didn't jump played fantastic we know Wiseman has the weight probably got 30 35 pounds maybe on Boucher um, but Boucher did a really good job defending there was help defenders coming just in case but he did fantastic shout out to him the defensive stats show that Golden State I'm not going to talk about too much now you know, no one played fantastic, and they were getting blown out, so they played the bench, who also got blown out. They kind of just had, uh, everyone kind of contributed some type of points in their team, but not much because they were blown out by this much, only putting up 77 points in the game. Um, you know, Wiggins had 15 points, four boards, two assists, five for nine shooting. Uh, it got clamped down in the, in the second half. I don't even think he made a bucket, and then he came off. Um, Poole, Nico, they put up 10 points each, but that's about it. You know, no one did anything spectacular, so I think I'm going to leave it at that. Good win for the team. We needed this one. Yep, man. It's, these important games coming down the stretch here, I think, are going to be the make and break for this season. Yep. All right, that's pretty much it. We hope you all enjoyed. Please check us out on Instagram at Rapsville for NBA news, Raptors content. We'll keep you guys up to date at all times. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. That's pretty much it. So that's us signing out. Peace. Peace.